0: Hey, y'all, before we get started, uh, we get told all the time that newbies will find the show and they'll start from episode one and work their way through. And it just means so much to Rich and I. And we just wanted to ask a favor of you if that's you, if you've been enjoying the show, if you've been learning a lot, if you will leave an honest review over on your Apple podcasting app, or if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a review there. We want to hear from you. We want to know how we can improve the show, how we can be better. It only takes a second, so if you'll leave us an honest review over on wherever you're listening to, we'd be forever grateful. Now let's get into the show.
1: All right, so you want to buy an NFT or you want to exchange some ETH, but there's gas involved. I'm not talking about like Taco Bell type gas. I'm talking about gas fees, which is something a lot of us didn't know about when we first entered this journey. And we're going to explain gas fees coming right up. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art.
0: Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Hey, y'all. Welcome to today's episode of NFTs for Newbies. You are in the right place if you are intimidated sometimes by this NFT game, but you want in so bad. My name is Heather Parody and this is Rich Cardona, my co-host, and we have a guest today to explain what in the world gas is. And there's this term called Gas Wars, which sounds like a 13-year-old boy party. But Logan (laughs) is the editor-in-chief for Lucky Trader, which is the sharpest analytics platform for NFTs. Logan, super grateful to have you here with us.
2: Yeah, thanks. I'm happy to be here. So
1: let's just cut to the chase. When I buy an NFT, there's a cost to that transaction, and that transaction is fueled, pun intended, by gas. Can you explain to people what that even means just to start?
2: Yeah, so actually the the analogy and the pun you just referenced here, um, like gas, like you would fuel a car, is, is pretty apt. Um, gas, essentially, on the Ethereum blockchain and, and with transactions, is kind of the required fee or the required amount of energy to get a transaction to go through. So much like you would fill your car, let's say to drive 10 minutes, you might only need a little bit of gas, right? To get that far, to fuel your car, to drive yourself 10 minutes. Um, gas for different varying types of transactions on the Ethereum blockchain is just going to be the required amount of energy in order to execute a particular type of intensive transaction. That might have been a little jumbled, but for example, if you're sending Ethereum to someone, it's going to require a base level of gas to do so, right? It's actually a pretty simple transaction on the blockchain, You're just sending ETH from one address to another. It requires gas regardless, but it's just a little bit of of gas. If you're going to interact with like a contract or mint an NFT, for example, um, those types of things are a little bit more intensive. And so that would be your equivalent of maybe like an hour-long drive, right, where you're going to require just a little bit more gas um, to make sure that that transaction can actually take place. So it's kind of a required part of interacting on the Ethereum blockchain, but more or less, it's just going to be the energy required for a transaction to happen.
1: I just want to comment, uh, Heather, we've come a long way. Uh, He said ETH, and I remember in the beginning of all this, I'd say ETH.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a a super valid question, but here's a little micro question, Logan. This is kind of important. Is monies a word? Monies? Would you say monies? Monies?
2: Uh, I think monies is a word.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. My my point is, who gets the gas monies? Like, who are we actually paying?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So actually, in this instance... When you're kind of sending through that gas, what's happening is that's the required kind of computational power for miners—the people that are uh, kind of verifying and doing this computational stuff that you don't need to know about as a user. That's the gas. That's where the gas fee is going. So th- there's been a, a whole computational.
0: Bunch of... Did you just say computational?
2: I, I meant to say. Compu- I meant to say computational? But um, okay,
0: what is that?
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Blockchains right, require all these different computers across a, a wide uh, decentralized network. And so uh, part of the crypto, the cryptographic part of things is that it requires computational power to kind of like secure and, um, you know, keep things uh, happening on the blockchain. This is where, like, technically speaking, of course, I'm not your guy to answer here. But essentially, like, to get sure. these transactions to go through, right? all these miners are trying to like verify and like validate that your transaction happens so they can kind of mark it on the ledger and this happens across you know across the network nice. um yeah and so uh to verify these things, to validate that these transactions are happening. That's where that gas fee comes into play. It's heading to those miners, right, um, to be able to do that validation. It's like a reward for securing you know, the network and keeping the network running and keeping everything validated appropriately. Um, again, there may be technical errors or omissions in that description there, um, but more or less, that's where that gas fee is
1: going for clarification for everyone, when he says minors, he doesn't mean children. He means like minors, (laughs) (laughs) M-I-N-E-R-S. There's not a, there's not a, you know, society of children doing this. Um, Just, just in case, I don't know. Just just in case someone needed to know that. Mutation take actual energy. It's not like, isn't the energy just digital anyway? So it's not like actually, it's not like joules of energy, right? Like I, I, and the reason I ask that is because it fluctuates so much. So I'm just like, it's it's digital energy i don't even understand why it would cost me more to do this and and the fluctuations i see are, are insane
2: yeah so i, I think might be getting into two separate little things i'll do my best to kind of break this out so um the computational energy right that component is sort of always present regardless of what's happening um but much like you're doing something on your computer you know for example right something that is a little more intensive uh, requires more energy to take place right like you hear your computer fan kick on you know like you know your computer's working a little extra hard to want uh to Run a particular type of software, right? That might be have more bells and whistles or something like that, right?
1: Adobe Premiere Pro, yeah. I hate you,
2: yeah, it, uh-huh. exactly, yeah. right. So, so that's where there could be a differentiation in like the computational requirements uh, for a particular transaction. Actually, the the fees though themselves um, have to do with both that, like how intensive is the transaction, and also how congested is the network. You know, how much demand is there? To get your transaction to happen, right? So is it's that not, gas wars? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great segue into get, to gas wars. So gas wars more or less happen as a result of a bunch of people wanting to do a transaction on the Ethereum network on the Ethereum blockchain at the exact same time. You know, and this is kind of your simple supply demand thing, right? We're like, you have thousands of people trying to mint an NFT or buy an NFT or whatever the case may be, um, and I want to definitely make sure that I buy it. Right. And so you also want to make sure you buy it. And so people may be manually editing their gas, increasing the gas fees, congestion on the network. Right. And then all those fees start to rise as people try to ensure that their transaction is actually the winning transaction. Like Uber surging.
1: Like Like Uber Uber
2: surging. Yeah, exactly. That's a great analogy.
1: Hey newbies, our friend Sean has made an online course called NFTs Simplified, so consider it an extension of the things that we've tried to help you do. Now this course is going to cover a few things and we want to tell you about it because it is very affordable and it is very worthwhile. So obviously we're going to cover what an NFT is, how to transfer Ether crypto into your wallet, how to buy an NFT, NFT security basics, all so that you can do the things you want. Some of you want to make money, some of you want to invest money, some of you want to make sure your NFTs and your monies are safe. exactly uh, why we're pairing up with Sean for this. So there will be five video lessons and there's also plenty of course handouts and notes. Uh, I'm looking at some of the reviews right now. Here's one from Halim saying the course is great. I love the graphics and wish I had time to watch all this before I tried to do it myself. So there's additional reviews just like that, that made us confident to partner with him and to offer this course to you for 19 bucks. Okay. That's about three Starbucks grande drinks. Okay. So think about it. 19 bucks to keep your NFTs safe, to get you some of that extended knowledge that you want and to just have a course from someone who is driven to help you. So we'll link it in the show notes. See you next time. So let me put it to you this way. Like, let's look at a scenario. If The Rock said, I'm going to start making Moana NFTs. I don't don't know why I'm saying this, but Moana NFTs and he's going to have a drop and he's going to mint whatever, and because he's got millions of raving fans, and now hundreds of thousands of them are actually NFT consumers, could or would we expect during that mint for gas fees to be ridiculous? I think you could
2: fully expect gas fees to be ridiculous um, during that, given just like your expectation for demand there um, is likely, yes, to create a gas war. The other thing I'll say, though, is the Ethereum blockchain itself is like very diverse. you know, So there are nft happenings of course right but it also could just happen to be a particular time where there's lots of activity through decentralized finance right defi or or something else that Mm -hmm. realistically it doesn't need to be nft specific uh nfts themselves in large part have been creating this kind of crazy gas uh, and crazy demand on the ethereum blockchain but it wouldn't need to be that it's you know if we had just millions of users interacting on the ethereum blockchain at one particular set of time, it could and will impact the price of NFTs, even if the demand for a particular project isn't that high, right? So it's all about just the overall demand on the network. It just so happens that a lot of time that demand is uh, driven in one particular instance because of an NFT.
0: Okay. I want to make sure I understand this correctly. Miners are these homeboys up in their house with their these computers super smart? And when we're paying our gas fees, essentially we're paying Paul in his basement who's a miner to help make this transaction happen. and Paul's kind of bidding in on those transactions and setting his price point. And so we're not paying some random part like random company. We're actually paying probably somebody across the street who's like an underground miner. Is that right?
2: Uh, sort of. Um. So Paul, who may be running his, <laughs> um. So you know, Paul, who might be. Running, I want to talk like, about
1: Paul for a second.
0: I love Paul. Paul's a good <laughs> yeah, man. Wanna, he's just trying to make this, a living. This is
1: how I see Paul. Okay. I, this is how I see Paul right now. Paul has um a lot of Star Wars figures uh, surrounding him. He's in Why a you recliner. Be stereotyping um, Paul. He's in a basement. He <laughs> hasn't done any f- physical activity. He's very pale. And he has empty pizza boxes around him. But now that I've now that I've given you Paul, um, Logan, please please tell her why what she said is insane.
2: Yeah, it, it's really What's it's, it? it's not too insane. No, you're you're pretty close. So essentially, and again, this is an area where not a technical um, not a technical blockchain builder or uh, coder or developer in any way. However. Um, essentially what's happening is like those miners, Paul, all his friends, right, kind of across the the globe that are helping secure the network by mining, you know, on the Ethereum blockchain or whatever blockchain it may be, right? Um, yes, they are sort of being paid, but they're being paid to kind of help secure the network, keep it secure for us to use, right? They're helping the make sure that it stays decentralized and, and there's not power uh, in one person's hands or, um, you know, whatever, a a select group of people's hands. And they're also ensuring that, you know, we can just like continue to use it and take advantage of all the benefits of a blockchain. Things like, you know, the verifiability of uh, and authenticity verification of NFTs, for example, right? Like those people are helping just secure the network and make sure that we can actually use it. So unfortunately, the answer is kind of like, yes, Paul and his other friends are being paid in some way, right? But they're helping us, you know, it, it, they're helping us actually continue to use the blockchain. They're a necessary component, um, you know, for these things to operate and for them to operate in a decentralized manner. So I, I wouldn't feel bad about supporting Paul in, in that way. Uh, and, and actually just to be, you know, at I love a, another Paul. level. I love Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought like, is
0: the money going to him. Like we're technically paying him. He's not getting a
2: paycheck from the blockchain, right? Oh, uh, I mean, He's I mean, you don't have to go into all that. I'm just curious. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, he. I mean, for securing the network, right? For helping secure the network and all those things. Yes, he will earn rewards occasionally for that, right? And so that's where, like, he literally has to pay his electric bill, right? He's got to that computational energy we were talking about. He's got to pay to try to mine, you know, on his end. So he's he's getting rewards from time. Oh yeah, end, yeah, yeah. Right, but it's not like it's not like when you go to send a transaction the gas fee that you set, uh, 100% of that is going to some random person somewhere, you know, and it's, you know, they aren't setting the fees themselves either. You know, it's based on, again, it's based on the demand on the network. There's kind of a base fee that's required for a particular transaction. Um, And then beyond that, it's based on the demand. And actually, in one of the recent updates to uh, Ethereum, you can edit, kind of a minor tip it's called the priority fee but like basically if you want if you want somebody like paul like you want your transaction to go through right um you would basically up your tip to paul so that he recognizes your transaction ahead of somebody who tips him less or, you know, um, oh. okay. Yeah. okay, so there are, there are lots of crazy components to gas. Um, it can be very, very confusing and very, very technical, but I think the analogy we used earlier, um, you know, in terms of like the Uber with surge and in terms of thinking about it, in terms of fuel for your car is really the best way to consider it. You know, it's a necessary component to get from here to there dependent upon the transaction type that you may be uh, pushing forward.
1: Well said. I think we are uh, right around time. I just want to mention one thing. I'm looking at uh, etherscan.io. It's a gas tracker. In the last three hours, people, there's been $718,000 worth of gas fees processed. In the last 24 hours, $6,214,505 of gas fees processed. That's on OpenSea, by the way. Um, It's a lot less in other areas. But um, is there anything, Logan, that you would advise potential NFT buyers uh, to be on the lookout for in terms of like when they should buy or what to keep an eye on or if they want a VFriend 2 when it comes out, if the gas fee is astronomical, should they wait? Uh, what, what is your take on that? And then we'll get to Poddeck unless Heather has anything. I'm good.
2: Yeah. So my, my recommendation would be, uh, of course, you know, really, you have to evaluate kind of your own goals and understandings, you know, operating on the blockchain, the fees, um, it's it's sort of a necessity, right, for doing so. And so if you're uncomfortable with them, um, you know, I would suggest be okay with, you know, skipping out on a project or two uh, and and try, you know, try to transact at times or um, when things are a little less demand driven, right? And fees are a little bit lower. You mentioned uh, Etherscan. There's also places like gasnow.org, um, which you can utilize to kind of check what are the gas levels look like? Is it really, really high right now or is it really, really low? And you can sort of start to understand maybe when those times are, uh, you know, when the Ethereum blockchain is going to be most congested or not. And you could transact in periods where the gas is a little bit lower, um the last thing i would note is uh for especially for beginners in nfts is a lot of projects recognize what this does to potentially fair distribution and to bringing on new people and they understand that it's one confusing right like uh to understand what gas fees are and two it's also pricey and, and it, it sometimes will exclude people from being able to participate so what's happening a lot right now we've talked about gas wars we're starting to see in many many cases projects be unique and innovate on how exactly they put their NFT out into the world. Um, So you're starting to see things like raffles and whitelisting to allow for people to buy when gas fees and when the congestion on the network is not outrageous. Um, And so what it does is it it just, you know, it it levels the playing field, you know, it makes sure Mm -hmm. that like, you know, Rich, you can buy an NFT, even if you don't know how to make your gas fees higher. Right. We talked about the minor tip. If you don't know how to tip the minor more, you might have lost out previously. Uh, right now, there are projects that are innovating in ways to make it fairer for everyone, regardless of your experience level in the NFT space. Um, and I think realistically, that's a huge, huge pro uh, and hopefully is reassuring to folks as they consider entering the space is, you know, try to find those projects, try to find projects who are going to make it easy for you Um to participate and, and make it welcoming yeah. and make it less scary and, and improve upon that user experience. Because realistically, I think we all want more people to buy NFTs. We do need to do a better job of one, explaining how it works. And then two, making sure that people can do so in a safe, efficient and affordable manner and, and at present time that's not always the case
0: before our pod deck logan where can people connect with you online
2: yeah so people can find me on twitter at l 09 and also of course at lucky trader hq on twitter and Luckytrader.com. com. we'll have plenty of resources for new people to the world of nfts lots of tutorials and lots of education
1: um yeah excellent all right uh Thank you so much, Heather. If you're able to read this, go ahead.
0: I can't. It's too, it's too pixelated.
1: Oh, it is, it is. this whole time? I'll read it. Logan, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> what is the main quality you think makes a great parent?
2: Oh, wow. Uh, I'm so I'm not a parent. Uh, just a, a heads up. But I think a great quality or it was it the best quality or just a
1: quality that makes a great parent? The main, the main quality, quality, the main quality thing, makes a great parent. Yeah,
2: yeah. I I think um, the main quality, and this is completely off the cuff, so maybe maybe I could find a better one. But I think the main quality that makes a great parent would be um, having an open mind, being understanding, being you know, being able to communicate effectively. I know it's a couple different things, but like just supporting all things, you know, and being being open minded. I think is a really really huge component to being a good parent.
1: Heather, what about you? Look, everyone, uh, Heather and I and and, and Lo- people like Logan, these are our people. And these are the the, the people that are going to help you understand how to make better decisions when it comes to the NFT world. And clearly, I think, Heather, you would agree that we need minor. We need to get a minor on this thing. Come
0: on now. Um, for
1: sure. Paul, get on but, here. Um, but Logan, but we got Paul on here out of his basement and, and on, on the microphone with us. But Logan, thank you so much for your time. And everyone, we will see you next week.